This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Well, hello, Chiefs Kingdom, and welcome to Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holtis with your voice of the Chiefs, along with the man, man you know now is Barbershop, the shop, Spider-Man, Shopadong, our guy. Uh, Anyway, it's exciting, Sean, because uh, this week the schedule comes out for the National Football League for 2020. We get to release the Chiefs schedule at 6.15 on Thursday night on our Chiefs platforms, our YouTube page, Facebook page, and Twitter page. We get to release the Chiefs portion of the schedule. Then the NFL will release the entire schedule at 7 o'clock Central Time. So, Sean, here we are. It starts to get real now. You start after the draft, you're like, okay, what's going to go on in 2020? And now with the schedule getting released, you get more excited. Yeah, man. You know, you're, you're so comfortable with who your team has added uh, via the draft. You see these young guys. Uh, you hear all these interviews on social media. Uh, the Chiefs added a running back and a, a couple of cornerbacks, defensive end, and how those guys going to be intertwined. But now it's down to hours, and you know – not only who the opponents are, but where it's going to happen, who's coming to the kingdom, where the Chiefs have to go defend their Super Bowl championship on the road. Um, and those, and when those dates come out, man, it's going to be uh, an explosive feeling here in Chiefs Kingdom. And again, 6-15, Thursday night, Central Time on our Chiefs um, YouTube page, Twitter page, Facebook page. We get to release the Chiefs portion of the schedule. All right, now we're going to put up the schedule as uh, – we know now the teams that are home and the teams that are away. When you look at it, uh, for the teams at home for Kansas City, Carolina and Atlanta uh, will visit out of the uh, NFC South. And then from uh, the, I always call it the cross-pollination, the Chiefs with being the number one team in their division, they will cross-pollinate. Uh, they get Houston at home, uh, and then they have to go on the road to Baltimore in those cross-pollination games. And then they go against the uh, AFC East, meaning – New England, and the Jets will come to Arrowhead. And on the road, it'll be Miami and Buffalo. Overall now, overall, what do you see on this schedule, Shop? Man, you know, we talk about how big that home home opener is going to be. Um, having a chance to play the Houston Texans right out of the shoot. Having been able to start. Um, the Houston Texans is a team that's kind of been uh, relevant here lately. They've, been, they've made some big moves. Uh, uh, Bill O'Brien is taking – full control of the organization, full control of the staff, full control of the personnel. So it's exciting to see what is going to actually happen with that team. That team has been um, in the playoffs, in the hunt, was up on us 24-0. And you got to respect that. A team that's able to get up on you that fast, you know they have ability. But that team has changed a lot. The personnel has changed a lot, but they still have Deshaun Watson. Um, Having Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes on the same field, to open the season, I think, would be uh, ice on the cake. Okay, I'm going to get you because I think you've already given me your answer, but we're going to get to who you want the Chiefs to open up with at home on Thursday night to open up the season. But these are away games now. When you look at this, the Chiefs were 7-1 and one last year on the road. They have been a really good road team with Andy Reid, an exceptionally good road team. But now you look at going to Tampa Bay. Oh, who's the Bucks quarterback now? Whoop, who's the Bucks tight end now? New Orleans, we know what they're like, especially in the Dome. Uh, Baltimore. Some think the two top teams in the NFL, not just the AFC of the Chiefs and the Ravens. And then back to the scene of Super Bowl 54, where the Chiefs will take on the Dolphins in Miami and then go into Buffalo, who some think might be the most improved team in the league. 
Buffalo is definitely improved team. You know, Sean McDermott, a former coach of mine, uh, the DB coach, become a defense coordinator for Panthers. Um, uh, had a few years as a defense coordinator um, and now head coaching at the Buffalo Bills. He's changed that atmosphere. That team is definitely on the up and coming. That team is they play solid defense. I think they're going to have one of the top five defenses in the league this year. And now they're just trying to uh, hand the ball over to Josh Allen, a young gunslinger. Lots of potential, and if they can get that running game to match the passing game, um, that is a team that you got to watch out for late in the season. Okay, the cool thing is when in Super Bowl 54 you get confetti on your head, you get to have a cool parade, maybe get a ring. Uh, then also you get to draft last. But you also get to open the season at home. I remember the 17 season, we opened a Thursday night at New England. They bring out the big puffy Lombardi trophies that they had won. I had all six of them out there. Or at that point, they had uh, five. But anyway, um, I'm thinking, what if we ever got to do this? Well, we get to do this. So we get to open the season at home on Thursday night, although rumors were out there that it'd be something different. Uh, But who would you want to see that home Thursday night game against for the Chiefs to open the season? Man, like I said, the Houston Texans, man. When I look at that home schedule, um, the Texans is a team, I think, that coming out of the AFC South is going to be one of the teams to beat. I mean, I think that AFC South might be one of the toughest uh, divisions in football next year with the Titans, the Jaguars, um, and the Indianapolis Colts with the new quarterback there. Um, that that is going to be some reshuffling of the AFC South. But I think the Texans, because of Deshaun Watson, his youth, are still going to be capable. They're deep. They still got J.J. Watts on defense. Um, so from a personnel standpoint, that's still going to be a team to be reckoned with. And I think that would that that, that the the atmosphere that they left the season last year um, coming to. Um, Kansas City and that 24-0 lead that that they let slide out of their hands, that we took that championship, we took that game from them, um, I think that that still is kind of a a thorn in their side. And they want to try to remove that thorn, and we want to take that knife and just dig it even deeper, make that wound even even bleed more. So um, I think a a lot of emotion, especially with the banner coming down, saying that we're uh, Super Bowl champions, defending the kingdom, um, all of that culminating. I would love to see the Texans in that first opening game. I love it when you get all your linebacker going on. It's all. <laughs> okay, my pick is going to be New England. Now, oh, wait a minute. They don't have Tom Brady. They don't have Gronk. What do they have left? Precisely. I think the uh, NFL world wants to see what New England looks like without Brady. And I think, it, too, it's a revisit of the 17 game. And so the network can go back and show all that game back and forth. But I, I do think there's some intrigue because everybody's like, well, what will the Patriots look like? And can Belichick, you know, perform his magic and be a genius and make them to uh, 12 and four again and 13 and three and win the NFC, or AFC East? So I do think there'd be some interest in that game. So uh, I'll go with New England. You'll go with Houston. We'll know soon. This is going to get me revealed at 6.15 on Thursday night, uh, Central Daylight Time, and we get to reveal our schedule. So we'll know the week one opponent uh, that will be uh, on our Chiefs YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. All right, now that's the opener. Now let's jump into the division because you played this uh, game for 10 years. Uh, You have been uh, a coach at camp, so you know that the first priority with Andy Reid is the division. I'm going to put it out there. Andy Reid is 32-10 and 10 against the division since he's been the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. 32-10, and 27-3 and the last five years. All three of those losses were on Thursday night games. 
Chiefs have not lost a Sunday division game since November 30th, 2014. Let's jump into the division. We know that those six or 16 games are against those guys. They watch us. We watch them. Let's take these one by one. And uh, we're going to start with the Las Vegas Raiders. What do you, we're going to ask, we're gonna, what do you like and what you don't like about them? And we'll go through all three of these teams. Your thoughts on the Raiders. Well, you know, the Raiders is always going to be Raider week. Um, that's going to be a, 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 a that's going to be a game for the ages. That's going to be a game that's going to be always a rivalry here in Kansas City. Uh, we hate the Raiders. The Raiders hate us. That's going to be something since, uh, you know, until the end of time. Um, the Raiders have definitely, um, with the addition of uh, Mike Mayock getting into the uh, scouting department, they definitely made their team faster. They went, for, they went for speed. They went for offensive weapons. They're trying to surround David Carr with some uh, game-changing type players. Um, a year ago, they got um, – um, the running back um, from Alabama, and he's been a rookie sensation last year. He, he showed that he can tote the rock. He can be all a full-time running back. But now they got themselves some wide receiver weapons, right? Um, they can stretch the field. Henry Ruggs has been a guy that some people have said is the next cheetah. They said that he has the same ability to stretch the field, um, create all these athletic catches, and he has that top-end 4-2 speed to get uh, deep on you early and often. Um, and pairing him up with uh, – uh, a, a new slash, um, the, the wide receiver from Kentucky. Um, he's a guy that can play every position. So they got themselves a slash. They got themselves um, a Taysom Hill. Um, that opens up the offense. And then they already have, um, you know, the tight end Weller, the guy that um, Waller, he's been, he was a consistent threat um, all year long, one of the top threats for David Carr. So their offense has now been uh, retooled and ready to go. It's the defensive side of the ball that I think they forgot about. They didn't give the defense any 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 sparks, anything to go with. They went with David Arquette, um, the second corner at Ohio State. I, I know that some people had him drafted, uh, ranked pretty high in the draft, but I just didn't see it for a, a, a complete uh, college career. He came on as a senior, um, one year film, but that's not. I, I didn't see enough to 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 rank him as a first round draft pick, a starting corner in the league. Here's the thing I like about them. I think their overall talent level just continues to rise. I think they stacked up a really good draft class this year uh, with a really good draft class last year. They even get guys that have been underrated, like Max Crosby uh, on the defensive front. That guy looks like a Derek Wolf type, uh, a guy that will play in this league a long time and can can wreck your game plan, uh, even though he wasn't – I mean, he came out of eastern Michigan. So I do like what they've done from an overall talent standpoint. The thing that, if I'm a Raiders fan, that concerns me is even the move to Las Vegas. Here's why. Are you changing 60 years or your persona? Anytime these moves happen, people think you just instantly snap into having it work. Look what's happened with the Chargers. The Rams moving back and forth and back again. It, it throws things off. And even though Vegas is a great destination, are those is that stadium going to be full of the opposing fans? Answer, Yes. And all those fans in the black hole and 60 years of Raiders and the song and Al Davis and all that and Daryl LaMonica and Kenny Stabler, does that translate over to Las Vegas? That remains to be seen because it's almost like they're reinventing themselves. And when that happens in the NFL, that can create some issues, at least in the short term. And some teams never really uh, get over that. So Baltimore is probably the best that made the transition when they went from Cleveland to Baltimore. But still, there's some questions there. All right, let's jump in now to the Chargers. Uh, this Charger team that now will be 
in the new stadium in LA. If it's ready to go, if it's not, I don't know where they're going to play. Uh, maybe Santa Monica Pier. I don't know. But what do you think of this Charger team and what you like and don't like? Every year we hear that the Chargers are the number one threat for the Chiefs' reign. The Chiefs has been excellent defending their division, winning their division year in and year out. And every year we hear that the Chargers are uh, nipping at the heels to take over the division. The Chargers lost a, a integral piece when Phillip Rivers left uh, for, for the Colts. And they replaced him, right, with a, with a young quarterback, Herbert. Herbert is the guy... Um, He's, he's going to have to go through the learning curve of the NFL. He's going to throw a lot of turnovers. And so they got rid of a older version of a turnover machine for a younger version. I think um, that balances itself out. Um, the one thing I think they did, they did, they did, they did get a, a, a steal on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they got a playmaking uh, every down linebacker. He go, he's rangy. Um, I like, I like his tenacity. I like the way he plays. Uh, he's going to be in the league for a long time, making a lot of plays at the linebacker position. Um, and, but they, overall, their draft was so thin because they had to move up to get them. Um, they only got a few players in the draft. So I don't see them ending up being a, a threat or as big a threat as they was a year ago. Um, and they lost um, to, to the Broncos, uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, he was an uh, integral part of their rushing attack, I think. Even though he held out at the beginning of the season, once he was there, um, you, you saw what kind of run he, he, he was. And I think Austin Eckler needs that, um, that, that one-two punch. He's, I, I don't think he can give it to you every down, be a three-down guy. So um, I think he, he probably um, is going to be a little bit affected by the wear and tear of now being a full-time uh, RB. Yeah, and they're trying to do what the Chiefs did with Mahomes getting apprenticed by Alex Smith with the Tyrod Taylor, Justin Herbert thing. Here's what I really like about them is their defense up the middle. You mentioned Murray. I love that pick and moving up, although it was expensive for him. But you look, they still got Bosa and Ingram, and then they got Derwin James back there at safety, who I think is an absolute stud. So when you look at them in the middle of that defense, if there's a defense that I think right now is built to try to compete with Pat Holmes and the Chiefs offense, it's those guys. Now, what don't I like about them? Go back and see what I said about the Las Vegas Raiders. This is still a team in flux. They ran a popularity poll. Uh, this was on Twitter, I think, of the teams in L.A. And they were, I mean, the Sparks were ahead of them, the WNBA <laughs> team. I mean, and I like the Sparks. I like the WNBA, but, I mean, really? So we all know what the Clippers are to the Lakers. We all know what even the Angels are to uh, the Dodgers. And we know what, uh, when you look at, you know, the Ducks to the Kings. There's this A and B or maybe A, C. And it, yeah. the Chargers right now, again, it's a pseudo home game for every team they play. You play this game. To me, it would be really hard for me to run into my stadium with our signage up and the fans from the other team have the stadium every time. And so until that gets resolved and L.A. adopts this team, if that's going to happen with the Rams you know, getting more popularity – then I don't know. I just think it puts a lot of pressure on this team, and it has the last three years. A hundred percent. We felt a little bit about that even here in Kansas City. We have an awesome fan base, sold out for numerous seasons. But when the NFL, uh, NFC North came in with the Vikings and the Packers, those two weeks – we got some – our players were a little agitated. The fact that we saw so much purple, so much green in our stadium, it was unfamiliar territory. Um, you're saying the same thing with the Raiders and with the Chargers. Because of their move, their team being on the on the flex, on the flux, um, you're going to get so much 
in impact from the away teams coming there that every game's going to feel like an away away game for them. Um, and when you don't when you don't have a true home and you're playing feel like you're playing on the road every week. Um, as the season goes on and on, it gets very long. It gets real long, um, and, you, and you, you, the bumps and the bruises and the tiredness, the the the, the ability to, to to gear it up one more time for that home crowd. Uh, I know Coach Vermeer used to tell us, "You got to defend home." That's that's one thing we wanted to do. We wanted to make sure we defend home and win our divisional games. Well, when you're not playing at home, or you feel like you're not playing at home for the entire season. That, that's kind of hard to achieve that goal. So um, I see them definitely struggling. Those are two teams I think they have to start out very high. They have to start out winning uh, right away to create some some draw for their fans to start getting them into the um, stadium. But early on, first half of the season, um, it's going to be, like you're saying, a away game every week for those teams. Again, this is our Defending the Kingdom. We're calling it Attack the Schedule. Attack the Schedule, 2020 schedule. We get to reveal... The Chiefs schedule tomorrow night, 6.15, as we're uh, uh, putting this uh, podcast together on Wednesday, uh, May the 6th. Tomorrow on May the 7th at 6.15 Central Daylight Time, we get to announce the Chiefs schedule. Then the NFL will release it all at 7 o'clock Central Time. Okay. Uh, starting fast has become critical in the National Football League. Andy Reid has put together uh, an incredible starting fast resume as the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you know what? We didn't get I left Denver out. Why am I, I was so, getting ready to say it. I was getting ready to say oh, it. Man, those oh, man, those oh, man. donkeys. What about those donkeys? Oh, yeah. That, oh, no. We got a donkeys. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it. What I'm thinking about are nine straight wins over the donkeys. That's what I'm thinking about. Uh, so let's jump into the Broncos before we get into the whole start fast. And who knows? When we reveal the schedule tomorrow night, the Broncos may be in one of those first four games of the season. Uh, but let's talk about the Broncos and what you like about them. Well, the Broncos, I think, is the team that's, that we um, that, that we're going to have to really uh, meet head face to face. We're, we're going to have to really take them seriously defensively. Um, Coach Vick is going to have that defense humming again. Um, I think that was a team um, we 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 beat them, but I think that was the team our offense struggled with the most um, every time we play them. I and mean, we talk about the left hand throw uh, coming back in the snow, uh, having to, you know um, at the game up there. Um, our offense. We we end up winning the game, but it's not it's not that um, the way we beat the Raiders, the way we 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 uh, we force the Chargers to be turnovers teams. We that team plays us better than anybody else in the division. They got a young gunslinger at quarterback. They have two tight ends, Noah Fant and Ao, that can both uh, go vertical. They got Cortland Sutton on one side, and now they got Judy. Right? They got weapons. Uh, they can go four vertical. And when they go for a vertical, they might have the advantage on every defender across the board. So, um, and now you're talking about uh, Melvin Gordon adding to the backfield with Philip Lindsay already being there. Um, that got a one-two punch. So their offense is going to be potent. It's just if the local kid, um, if, if the local kid from Missouri can actually handle all the weapons he's been given, or uh, will he be able to um, take that team to the next level? And so I'm looking for the Chiefs to hopefully keep that run against Denver going. But that'll be the team I feel that uh, we have to really prepare for being the, uh, um, the team that might be coming after nipping at our heels in the AFC West. Yeah, love Drew. I do love Drew Locke at Missouri or Lee Summit High and love his dad's restaurant whenever we get to go back there again. But I don't like Drew as a Bronco. Sorry, it's just there. <laughs> what I like about this team, I talked about the – uh, Chargers being good in the middle defensively. I like where the Broncos are in the middle offensively. Adding Melvin Gordon, 
They added some girth and, the, and some high-level players in the middle of their offensive line. And I do. they have two good young tight ends in uh, Okubanon and also with Noah Fant. So that gives them up-the-middle strength on offense. And it does give them options. You mentioned the wide receiver options. Here's what I don't like about him. They haven't changed a tackle yet. And we, you go back and watch the two Chiefs. I don't know what they're going to tackle. They signed Jason Peters. Maybe. Will they? But if, unless they get the tackle deal changed, all that could be off. I mean, you could have Judy running wide open at 20 yards and Drew Locks on his back. <laughs> right? I mean, those guys struggled last year, and Garrett Bowles has really struggled at left tackle for them, and they didn't exercise the option on his fifth year. Okay. There's the division. Andy Reid, 32-10 and 10 against the division, 27-3 and three in the last 30 games. All right, starting fast. And I wanted to start fast too fast, but here we go. Starting fast. Andy Reid has written the paper on this. 19-5 and five in September as the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. 19-5, and five, Shop. Andy Reid has 11 straight Septembers. Starting fast, Andy Reid's written the book on it. You got to start fast, and, and especially with the new structure, with there only being one team with the number one seed having the bye week, um, it's going to be you. You want to start fast and put the target on your back. You want everybody chasing your, uh, chasing your tail, putting the pressure on everybody else, and you just go. And that's what Andy's philosophy has been during the practice, during um, uh, during training camp. He always talks about going fast. Let's go, let's go, let's go. He wants the speed, the tempo uh, of every practice to be so high. Um, that when it comes time to a game, everything slows down. And it puts so much pressure on the other team, um, putting the offense in Pat's hands and letting him go up at the ball, call some plays, getting the tempo going. Um, he, he definitely wants it to be a, a up-tempoed, uh, high-scoring ball game because it puts the, the pressure on the other team to try to keep up with what we do well. Um, our offense is already set. Um, everybody knows where they are. Um, so many other teams are, are facing – uh, um, some transition on the defensive side of the ball, um, trying to go from a 3-4 to 4-3. Um, if, if, when you're offensive set and you're ready to go, which we are on the offensive side of the ball, we added one more piece to running back uh, from LSU. Uh, it was hilarious. We added him to the mix. But everything else is kept the same. All, having the, the, the chance to Brett Veach bring 22, I mean 20 of 22 starters back to a world champion team, it was almost uh, lights out for the rest of the league once he did that. But adding some more young pieces um, um, to the tool belt, um, it's going to allow us to really start the season fast. And I think it's going to it's going to put a lot of pressure on these other teams in the AFC to try to keep up um, with the pace. Um, we're going to be the pace setters when you talk about the AFC. Yeah, one of the cool things about our revelation of the schedule tomorrow night at 615 on our Chiefs platforms, we'll get a chance to talk with Andy Reid. We're going to ask Andy Reid because this virtual world that we're in now, we're in virtual OTAs, right? Yes. No wasted time with Andy Reid. It's one of the most impressive things I've seen about him. No wasted time. He's working on getting to a fast start in September, in March, May, April, June. I mean, he thinks that way, and that's the way camp is. We've seen it every day at camp. He has this team ready to go, and 19-5 and five in September doesn't lie. The other part, and you played again this league for 10 years, start fast, end strong. Start fast, end strong. In December, Andy Reid is 23-9. and nine. But he's 12 and two in his last 14 December games. Mm-hmm. So Andy Reid, in this run of the Chiefs winning four straight division titles, two AFC championship games, and a Super Bowl championship, 
He has lived up to the start fast, but now what about ending strong? How do you build a team to end strong? Man, you you, you know when you, you work out all offseason, you work out all summer camp, it's to build everybody's body up, right? You wanna, you're you going to be as strong as you ever going to be during the season in week one. And then once you get to the meat of the season, those middle seat, those middle weeks, you got to just hold on. You hold on until you get to the last four or five games, and then it's when you put the pedal to the metal. You want to be hitting on all cylinders uh, once you get to weeks 10 and 11 so you can hit the playoffs full momentum running because any loss after then can knock you off your, 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 your stride. And so you see year after year, the teams that end up holding up the trophy, holding up that Lombardi trophy are usually on eight, nine game win streaks to win that thing. And, and it's an amazing feeling when you know everything's going right. You might not have been the strongest uh, um, um, from a record standpoint the entire season, but when everything starts clicking and you look around the room on defense and offense and special teams and you know that everything, everybody's on board, everybody's on the same page, and you go out there and y'all just performing. You're not worrying about scoreboards or anything else. You're worrying about your own communication. Is everybody on the same page? Because you're confident that you have the team that's capable of winning a championship. And we felt that, I think, after the Tennessee Titans game last year. After that Tennessee Titans game, I think when everybody looked around the room and knew we had a championship caliber team, and now we just had to go and perform. And I think we're going to have that feeling a lot earlier this season. Be be careful about that uh, Miami Dolphins uh, 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 popping that champagne. They might not pop no champagne this entire season if the Chiefs come out the way we think they're going to come out. That is barbershop, colonist shot. I like it. To me, it's also depth. One thing Brett Feach has done with his personnel staff and what Andy Reid does is develop depth. I see this again in the springtime um, that, or the summertime or summer camp. There will be the offensive line, and in a second they'll call out a name, okay, Barbershop's out, Holtus is in, and they don't know it. It's not scripted, and you have to react. They build a team to have depth. I quoted it. Many, many times, I'll quote it again. I quote it the long as the Lord gives me breath on the on this earth. Thirteen starters, a significant time last twenty-three quarters of the season last year. Shot. Uh, Eric Fisher missed eight games. Damian Williams missed the last part of the season. But there's enough depth. Andy Reid builds depth, and I think that not enough teams do that. If you're if you're if you're too top heavy, or I got a couple stars, but I can't fill in behind them, then I can't end strong. Because I don't have any dudes left. I mean, this is a game of attrition, and the Chiefs have proven they can build adequate depth. Definitely. And if you can only win one way, if you're building your offense around one piece, one player, and that player goes down, then you can't morph. You can't adjust. And you just fold. Everybody in the organization knows, hey, you live and die with this one player. The Chiefs a year ago kind of were built that way off Pat Mahomes. He's going to win. Somehow, some way, we give the ball to Pat, he's going to win it. Went into that Broncos game, he hurt his knee and he went down. We had to refine ourselves. We had to figure out, is this team a championship team, not just a championship quarterback? And you saw the defense. They, 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 they huddled around Chris Jones. They huddled around Frank Clark. And they huddled around Tyron Matthew. And the defense started to carry some of the load. The defense wanted to, they wanted that on their shoulders. And the team grew. That, that scar tissue became stronger. All the bond, the communication between the team became stronger. And, and like we said, we saw that uh, that eye of the tiger mentality start to build. And, and we being uh, exposed to these guys on a weekly and a daily basis, 
we knew what we had here in Kansas City. Uh, it was just amazing to see it on the field on a national level once it was released upon the league. And we saw uh, Pat Mahomes go through that MVP um, caliber, uh, Super Bowl MVP caliber season. Yep, you've got to teach it. You've got to get players to provide depth, but then you have to invest the time as coaches to develop that depth and teach them and put them in roles uh, where they can compete if you need them. And you know what? You'll need them. That's just the way the league is. All right, shop. So here we go. Schedule comes out Thursday. We get to release the Chiefs schedule at 615. We'll hear from Mark Donovan. He's going to give us the latest on what this is going to look like for fans. A lot of questions. Um, and we're going to hear from Andy Reid. Uh, we're trying to get hooked up, too, with uh, the landlord, kingdom landlord, Tyron Matthew. But we will release the schedule. You will see the Chiefs schedule first on the Chiefs YouTube page, Twitter page, Facebook page. We'll begin our coverage at 615 Central Time. But to me, shop, this is when it gets real. Once that schedule comes out and then we start to get more inform information and clarification of what the league is going to look like, how it's going to approach the fall uh, and still being sensitive to uh, handling this coronavirus, that's when I think some real emotion is going to come in and get ready for this season. Man, once that schedule is released, you're going to see 32 organizations start circling dates. You have a choice to be the hunter or the hunted. I think the Chiefs are going to be on the hunt for running, running it back-to-back -back for another back-to-back -back championship. So uh, you can circle the dates all you want. It ain't going to matter. When, when the Chiefs come to town, you got to deal with our, our entire team. When you come to Arrowhead Stadium, you got to deal with the sea of red, um, um, the 12th man on the field. And so the atmosphere we have is, is nobody's wrestling their loyals. We're not going to let a great season in 2019 keep us from having an elite season in 2020. I can't wait. I, man, you're fired up today, brother. I like it. I like it. All right. He is Barbershop, the shop. Uh, Sean Barber, 10-year NFL veteran, also the Richmond Spider. Thank you so much. Continue on. I know your family. We keep saying it, but prayer's up. Yes, uh, also, Thursday's the National Day of Prayer. Uh, we're going to remember that, too, in our family, uh, lifting everybody up as we get through this. But he's Sean Barber. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs again tomorrow night, 615. Chiefs Facebook page, Twitter page. Uh, and YouTube page. We get to release the schedule, at least the chief schedule. And so that is unprecedented in history making. Thanks for joining us in this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Let's attack the schedule and run it back. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs official podcast network. Celebration begins at Arrowhead.